0: are 1051 They're really good Your music your state. Honestly, that's not even a joke. So, the Apostolic Christian Council of Zimbabwe yesterday wrote a letter to the President's Office, as well as the Cabinet, asking for a ban to be imposed upon sumisi and not enter the country, based on his homosexuality, simply because he is openly gay. So, I decided, you know what, let me probe more into this, in terms of the law side of it, because how is this possible? And some Someone who's going to make us understand the whole thing is none other than associate lawyer at the Farrell Incorporated Attorneys in PMB. Her name is Fezegambata and Fezegambata is right now on the line. Let's see if she is. DYR. 1051.
1: Your music, your station.
0: Miss Melta, good morning. Good morning, Ati. How are you? I am very well, thank you. I am not so well actually because I <laughs> feel like I'm being attacked personally as a homosexual man in South Africa. My mm. movements are literally limited because you're familiar with what has been happening with Zimbabwe, their Christian Council as well as Somizi burning someone on the basis of their home of their sexuality is absolutely ridiculous if you ask me. But now, Fezega, as a lawyer, let's look at it in terms of law. How is this possible that a mere body that is not a law-making body that is offered, you know, or shall I say that is uh, offered its respect on the basis of just being a religious council by the country based on the fact that the country's population is all Christians, most of them. How do they have such an audacity to do such? Yeah,
1: you're a really good question there. So, in terms of um, Zimbabwe's laws, they are quite conservative and very much homophobic. And the Council, and in this case, ZAMU-PS Youth League, they are what we'd often call public interest groups. So they definitely do have the right to address a letter to Parliament requesting, um, in this instance, that um, some music doesn't get um, entrance into Zimbabwe on the basis of sexuality. The and they did, in that letter, cite moral grounds for their objection. And so they definitely have that particular right because they are public interest groups. What the parliament and what the respective government agency does with that request is where the question, where the issue lies. Mm. Um, so they are just speaking uh, perhaps for the uh, council members, which you correctly stated are predominantly Christian, very much homophobic, very much conservative.
0: Now, first of all, I like the fact that you've mentioned the conservativeness of the country and the fact that they are very much homophobic in their laws, which brings me to my next question. Could it be the reason that more, well, the government didn't say anything about it, or at least I haven't heard them comment on the issue, but could it be that they were more likely to grant the ask or not grant the ask based on the fact that homosexuality in Zimbabwe is criminalized and if found guilty, you can be jailed for a whole day. Decade. So, could they have, you know, had their wish granted or not by the government on those basis?
1: Mm. So, it certainly would be on that basis. So, you would have seen from the council's letters, as I've alluded to, the state's moral ground for uh, their they, they request. Mm. And essentially, they advised that the people of the land would be spiritually disturbed and mm. concerned uh, that the message that the government would be sending is that, um that it's acceptable to be homosexual in zimbabwe mm. which is not something that the constitution of zimbabwe permits so i would not have been surprised if the request would have been approved on the basis that zimbabwe is a sovereign country they are well within their rights to make a law and decide who enters their country whether that is acceptable you have to look at international relations and international human rights law. Mm-hmm. So Sunisia so has still obviously said he doesn't want to enter Zimbabwe. So I think maybe um, governments will just let sleeping dogs lie and not even address it. But if, from my assessment, if there was a huge uproar about this and the council and its members were strongly against um is up there. I wouldn't have been surprised if the request would have been granted mm. because of how the LGBT community is treated in Zimbabwe and the
0: current constitution of Zimbabwe. Now, Fezaga, I like that you mentioned public relations or international relations because, as much as this is the latest incident to happen of this nature in Zimbabwe, it's not the first one. So, Misi is not the first person to be banned to be coming into Zimbabwe. Uh, a little bit earlier on, when Zotwa Obantu was at her prime, she was meant to go and perform at a festival there, and oh, yeah. uh, she was also denied entry simply because she said, no, I'm not agreeing to the rules of the fact that I need to wear an undergarment which is totally against her brand. So now, what does this say about, I suppose, the international relationship or diplomatic relationship, for lack of a better word, between us South Africans and our neighbors, Zimbabwe? Hmm. So
1: with the Zoto Abanti incident, my view that the denial of of her entrance to Zimbabwe was it wasn't based on law, so with uh, with this, I think they have a strong case to say this is what our constitution is. Mm. Um, so you'd look at countries such as Saudi Arabia; they are very much a conservative country, and they dictate how women dress. So even if you visit the country, you have to dress conservatively. So with um incident, what they should have she, she certainly should have been allowed into the country, and if there's something related to her attire while she was in the country, then they probably would have addressed it then. But I have difficulty in in seeing that they do have strong grounds with that because they don't have laws relating to how uh, women can dress. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically regarding the question with the um, diplomatic relationship between South Africans and Zimbabwe, I've noticed, unfortunately, with um, African international relations and diplomacy, they tiptoe around each other, for a lack of a better term. So there won't be much accountability um, that, that South Africa holds, in because they don't really uh, question each other in that specific uh, level. Um, so it would be interesting to see if the Minister of International Relations you know, maybe handles kind of that something, but I won't be surprised if she doesn't. Mm.
0: Um,
1: so that's, that's unfortunately the situation with how... Um, African countries and African leaders often deal with each other. They do not hold each other accountable for any human rights violation unless they have pressure from the UN.
0: Yeah. Now, first again, before I let you go, one last thing is that um, I would argue that, you know, the council, which is the Apostolic Christian Council in Zimbabwe, is literally in, you know, in sort of infringing on, you know, the population's rights, because I believe they have rights to their own opinions and freedom of expressions. So now 10, 20 people who sit in that council decided that, OK, this guy shouldn't enter the country because he's gay. Is that not, you know, deciding on behalf of Other people without even consulting them, infringing on their you know democratic rights, if there is such a thing in Zimbabwe, of saying, do we want or do we not want this?
1: Okay, so you raise a very good point, and I think it's coming from very much a South African perspective. So the, this whole incident, I think, should be looked at within the context of Zimbabwe's constitution and legislation. Mm. The current laws, as they stand, very much anti-LGBT, right? Very much homophobic. So they... And these leaders have been elected into power. So the, Zimbabwe, the Zimbabwe's constitution was amended to define specifically that uh, marriage is between a woman and a man. And that was as, as late as 2013. And subsequent, to that, um, if I recall, 2019, the cabinet did approve amendments to the citizens' So these are the sort of leaders that they have, and these are the sort of leaders that have been elected. So then the question is, are those people speaking for the majority of uh, Zimbabwe, of the Zimbabwean people? Mm. And because they have been elected, generally that's how the, the democracy works. So in, in South Africa, we would assume that because um, ANC has majority seats, they are speaking for the majority of people in South Africa. So, in as much as there, there is that sort of tension, because it's 2021, and you certainly shouldn't be having those sort of laws that are very anti-anti-LGBT and homophobic. Um, it speaks to who is in parliament in Zimbabwe currently. So, if let's say in 2023, when there's the next election and government, uh, there's a new government much younger people, they can then change the laws and say, you know what. This is, um, is completely unacceptable as well as the majority of Zimbabwean blood. until mm. that happens, this is unfortunately where Zimbabwe is.
0: Well, Fezega, thank you so much for taking the time out this morning to chat to us. I know how busy you are.